0: A house is made of wood and stone, but only love can make a home. Welcome to the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, helping you make your home into one you'll love even more. Here are your hosts, Dan Hanson and Betsy Thompson. And here we are. Good morning, everybody. Good morning, Betsy. Good morning,
1: Good morning everybody Dan. in Burn Just want to give a shout out to the folks in Burn <laughs> okay. gathered around the old radio. Uh-huh. Tuning in for another exciting start to their Saturdays. And everybody else, but <laughs> I am not even going to Maybe from ask. now on I'm going to pick a special place.
2: Pick a city?
1: Yeah, pick a city pick a or town. a town or a village. Uh-huh. And give them the old shout out on the radio.
2: Okay then.
1: Yeah. There's a lot of little kids running around screaming and cheering. <laughs> he said burn ups.
2: <laughs> wow, I Good don't morning, even know what to everybody. Say about that. <laughs> hey, yeah. so Funny thing happened uh, this past weekend when Mm -hmm. I was going up north. I just wanted to tell everyone the story because it was like one of those things that you don't ever anticipate. It's one of those things you know in the back of your mind, well, this probably happens, but we just choose to ignore the fact that it happens. So I stopped for breakfast on my way up north. I stopped at a fast food restaurant. I am in the line, you know, to order.
1: Like the outside Outside. or inside? Yes. Outside. In the drive-thru. In the
2: drive-thru. Listening to your tunes.
1: Probably listening to the Repcolite Home Improvement Radio Show.
2: Um, No, it was after Ugh. the
1: show. Oh, Flowerland.
2: Yes. That's um, good. Yes. I'll take it. So I'm sitting there, and there's a few cars in front of me. I'm mm-hmm. just waiting. And all of a sudden, I see some movement out of the corner of my eye. And I look at the side of the building. And at first, I thought, oh, there's a chipmunk. Oh, no. It is a mouse. And it has come from where the wall and the roof meet. Mm-hmm. So it has come from the inside oh. of the building. And he is crawling oh. down the side of the wall. And did I s- he come out
1: with other mice, too?
2: No, it just was just one. the one. One is enough, though. And I did you stay there- in
1: line? No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I thought about it for a few seconds, and I'm like, oh, can I really eat here now? <laughs> and I thought about, nope, I can't. Even I though I know it may happen, I immediately called my dad and said, you will never believe what just happened. Did you
1: peel out of that parking
2: lot? I did. People probably thought I was crazy, but I'm like, do you not all see the mouse uh, running down the side of the building? Like
1: you said, it probably happens. It we does. know it happens. Yeah. <laughs> but anytime I hear fast food stories or restaurant stories, yeah, you know, in fact, uh-huh. I try to not ever talk to people who work in restaurants but about their stories yeah, because what I don't know is better for me. Yep. Well, that's a good story. I'm yeah. glad you didn't eat there.
2: Yeah, me too. So what are,
1: what are we going to talk about today other um, than that?
2: Well, we are going to dig in. all we got? <laughs> no. We, We're going we to just listen to tunes for the rest of the time. <laughs>
1: right. I'll hum.
2: Uh yeah. Well, you can hum while we talk about the history of tape, like masking tape and things like that. Stuff yes. that painters
1: use. Oh yeah, and that sounds. Well, I always say that it sounds boring, but it's not. Of course, they're kind it's of not, intriguing. Yeah, segments. it's not boring because we're talking about it, and we yeah. will make it fun. Right. But it's a it's an interesting story about where that came from, yeah. and how we got to where we're at now. Mm-hmm. So we'll be talking about that. We're yeah. also going to be in the studio with Brad Krause, president of Service Professor answering your questions yeah we put the shout out a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. looking for questions for right. anything service professor does which is almost everything right and we got a bunch of questions we're going to go through that
2: we did hey another thing hey, that happened hey, this hey. weekend
1: hey is for horses Betsy. <laughs> isn't that what people say <laughs> yes That's
2: yes what the it children is children tell me well that is true and i used to tell people that all the time so my anyway, apologies anyway hey. so up north at my parents' house this weekend, my mom says, "Sue, we're gonna have the house repainted." And I said, "Oh, you are!" Mm-hmm. And she said, "Yes. Have you noticed the peeling paint?" And As the a paint person, of mildew- course, you've
1: noticed the peeling. Well, of paint. course.
2: And <laughs> it's the hello, first thing we see, my dad is a paint person, and he's definitely yeah. noticed. So they're getting ready to have their house painted. They're mm-hmm. not going to do it because it takes too much equipment to get up there to do it. And so we were kind of discussing some of the things that happen in the fall, why you would want to paint your house in the fall, especially like right now.
1: Yeah, I think we should clarify fall as September.
2: Yeah, September. Once you start hitting October, you're starting to get say a little shaky. October
1: 1, it starts to get a little questionable. Yeah. You know, you want to at least get a lot of good advice before you start. You got to watch right. the weather, watch the rain and stuff yeah. like that. But September can be perfect for getting some, whether it's painting the exterior of your home Mm -hmm. or just getting some of those exterior projects wrapped up. There's still plenty of time. And in fact, we're going to make the case that it's the best time.
2: Yeah, it really is because there tend to be less bugs in the fall. In September, they kind of start to die off or hibernate or do whatever these little bugs do. So that's a good thing because then they're not getting in your brand new paint job.
1: And you don't have mosquitoes buzzing in your ears. And then it makes you hit the side of your head really hard and yeah. then your ears ring. Exactly. And then you can't even tell if there's mosquitoes there right. anymore.
2: Well, that's you. <laughs> um, the other thing that's really great about doing this in September is the weather is starting to get a little bit cooler. And that's good because your paint isn't going to Dry as fast, and that's kind of a key because sometimes you run into some problems with brush strokes and overlapping well, and things like summer, that. In the
1: summer, that is a big struggle. You yeah. know, we try to work in the shade around the house if we're working on the mm-hmm. house, let's say. Yeah, but even then, the siding can heat up to the point where the paint can yeah. flash dry almost as you're applying it. And right. like Betsy's saying, you end up with brush strokes and all of that. Mm-hmm. In the fall, it's cooler. Right. So it just, anytime paint can stay wet longer, it's mm-hmm. easier to work with.
2: Right, And exactly. so that
1: helps you with that. You just right. need to pay attention to a few different things. You need to watch out for moisture. So dew point is That's a big a thing you need to consider thing. right now. You don't want moisture to form on these newly painted surfaces until they had a chance to cure.
2: Right, so you're looking at, you want your surface temperature, not just the air temperature, but the surface temperature to be at least five degrees higher than that dew point is, because if it's lower, then that's when the dew is starting to form on the structure that you're about to paint. Right, so- and you
1: can check that pretty easily by getting something that's really pretty handy anyway, but the little infrared thermometers, Yeah. they yep. look like a little radar gun, mm-hmm. and it'll give you the surface temperature of whatever. It's Super handy. I mean, you can buy them online for 15 bucks. Right. You know, very, very inexpensive. inexpensive. Yep. But you can use them for checking around windows and stuff in your home to mm. see if there's any leaks or things like that. They're actually a lot of fun. You can just they sit are. in the living room and start scoping around, <laughs> find hot spots, <laughs> look for ghosts. Right. All kinds of stuff. Right. I didn't know they did that, but that's They cool. do. And you can check the surface temperature before you start painting.
2: Right. The other thing you want to be aware of is the painting hours when it comes to September painting. Your general window of time is about 10 a.m. because that allows the dew to dry Mm -hmm. up before you start painting. And then you want to be done by 3 p.m. so that that paint has a really good chance to cure before the dew settles back in on your newly painted surface. So those are kind of your general. The window is smaller, but that's okay. That's all
1: right. And as we mentioned or hinted at, I think I said that. I know in the summer you work out of the sun. Right. In yep. the fall, it's the reverse. Right. You would work in the sun and try to follow it around the house. Just think of that Beatles song, <laughs> Follow the Sun, right? That's a Beatles song.
2: Yes. Yeah, From sure. Rubber
1: Soul, I believe. No, it might be from Beatles for sale. It really doesn't matter. Let's just move
2: on. It it really doesn't matter. I'm going to Google it. (laughs) Of course you are. The other great thing about painting this time of year in September is you can, you know, you're getting into those higher peaks and things like that, you can find little problems sometimes. You know, maybe some rotted wood in a certain area or perhaps some woodpecker holes for those who have problems with woodpeckers, Um, insect damage, caulk failures, all those things that you want to get buttoned up before winter hits. It's a great time to find them when you're out there painting the house. Yeah,
1: you'll notice them and you don't normally stand and stare at that kind of stuff before winter. So this might be a great time to find it. Yeah, I think so. And if you're not up to the task... You can yeah. always hire a contractor, and at RepColite on our homepage, repcolite.com we've got a Find a Contractor mm-hmm. form that you can fill out. Very simple. We've yeah. helped about 40 to 50 people yeah, connect with so. contractors. Mm-hmm. It's the best way to get a contractor. Way better than flipping through the yellow pages, if those even exist anymore, or just randomly Googling. Right. Or you can stop out at any RepColite or Port City paint store, tell us what you're working on, and we'll help you find somebody.
2: We will. Now- and
1: it's from Beatles for Sale. <laughs> that album.
2: <laughs> Thank you. You just had to get that in there, I didn't did. you? All right. Now we have to take a break, but when we come back, we're going to be in the studio with Brad Krause, president but of Service Professor, answering your questions about all of the things that Service Professor does. That's after a break. Stay tuned. Now the time has come and so my love I must
3: go.
0: Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show, presented by Benjamin Moore on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM.
1: And we're back! Yes! And we we are are in the
0: studio with Service Professor President
1: Brad Krause. Brad, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. Good morning. You gave me a weird look like maybe
3: I screwed up your title. Did I screw up your title? Because we were joking about how I was going to. I think after the 12th uh, time visiting (laughs) you, I'm glad you got it correct. Yes, I finally got it. Eventually, he always gets it. Yeah. (laughs) Full disclosure, I have it written down right here. Yeah.
2: Just so you don't forget. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. But we want to answer questions. Now, Brad, at Service Professor, why don't you walk our listeners a little bit through what you do? Because you guys cover a ton of different services and what I think is interesting or at least should be addressed because it's important to me, you're not this big national chain because you kind of give off that vibe when you look on your website. It's Thank so you. professionally done and it's so yeah, well put together. Mm-hmm. You almost get the feeling that, you know, okay, you're a national chain, which there's nothing wrong with that. No. But sometimes we like to shop locally. We like to right. work with area companies. And that's what you really are, even though you exude this presence.
3: Well, thank you for that. That's, a, that's quite a compliment, by the way. And but yes, we twenty are bucks. Certainly, <laughs> certainly locally owned and. Uh uh, you know the service professor name in itself kind of sounds franchisee, I suppose, but it was it's definitely locally grown, locally operated. It's just us. Uh, it's not a national franchise by any means. And yeah, we tried being extremely professional and I'm, I'm glad that's the takeaway. And if we get asked if we're a national franchise brand, I guess that's a compliment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm always asked if I'm a franchise
1: because I think I'm that professional too.
2: You don't think that? Uh, No, I could not disagree more. (laughs) No, you've been
1: here with me when all kinds of other stuff falls out of my mouth.
2: It's
1: not always brilliant. Yes. But Brad, let's talk a little bit before we get to the questions about what you guys do, because you do electrical. Correct. And you have an entire team that specializes in electrical, right? You're not a group of handymen that just kind of can do everything.
3: Correct. Yeah. The state of Michigan just simply doesn't allow that to take place. So The, the government gets involved. Well, we're one of the most regulated states of the union, really, on licensure. So, um, yeah, electrician has to do electrical work, and plumbers have to do plumbing work, and HVAC technicians have to do HVAC work. Really, the only thing that crosses over between two departments is is gas work. So um, gas piping in a home can, in theory, fall under the plumbing umbrella or the HVAC umbrella. But that's really the only crossing. And, of course, we do duct cleaning, and mm-hmm. sewer is an arm of the plumbing department. Um, duck- I never would have thought of sewer as an arm
1: if I was thinking of a body part. <laughs> well, anyway, that's right to that. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's use plumbing terms. It's a branch of uh, yeah. the plumbing department. That makes uh, sense. I, I, yeah. like, I like arm. I just, I would have gone with something else, which is probably yeah. why I'm not quite as professional.
2: Uh-huh.
1: But what we've got here are a bunch of questions. And this is kind of fun because the questions are all over the map. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You put this yeah. on your Facebook page a couple of weeks ago, right? That all, you're gonna, all over all of our social media, correct. Right. Whenever anybody is on the RepColite Home Improvement Show, they shout it from the rooftops because this is the big time. <laughs> right, here. Betsy?
3: We've made it. Yeah, this you, is good. Thank you've you. You've made it. Welcome wow. to the show, Brad. Yeah, yeah, I'm here.
1: Anyway, and you gathered questions from your, I guess, Facebook fans, right? That's what they're called. Followers, yeah, I get followers. confused with all the terms. Followers, yes. Anyway, people on Facebook, and we're going to just walk through those because, just like anything else, if there's one person with this question, there's going to be a bunch of other people oh, who yeah. just didn't, you know, right, get involved and ask it. So let's start with. Should we just randomly choose Betsy? Sure. Why don't you randomly pick one? I have prattled on and on
2: um, for a while. Well, you were just talking about I was ducks. D U C T S, not D U C K. Brad was. Yes. Um, so let's start with that question. It's from Andrew C in Grand Rapids and he says, How often should I have my ducts cleaned?
3: Great question. Uh, a bit of a loaded question. Uh, so for our plan members, our MVP plan members, we do offer uh, you know, annual duck cleanings. I personally get mine cleaned annually. Um, okay. I do have seasonal allergies in the spring and stuff, so it's a little more important for a guy like I to have my ducks cleaned every year. But mm-hmm. I think generally... Um, uh, two to four years, somewhere in there. We we try encouraging, of course, for obvious reasons, the two year thing because we just we just believe in, in indoor air quality and we want the cleanest air that all of our customers breathe to be that that's in their home every day. Right. But it, it certainly depends on you know do I have a lot of pets? Do so I have a Saint Bernard. Okay, now that would <laughs> yes. be, a you might be an annual person. Uh, so really, pets are are one of the big key factors in how often. Uh, but also, you know, if I have a, a house that doesn't have a Michigan basement, you know, mm-hmm. uh, like like many homes in West Michigan do, a Michigan basement will actually contribute to the dirtiness of the uh, duck work and require a little more uh cleaning more often uh, maybe okay. maybe annually maybe every other year mm-hmm. so i would say you know a good a good rule of thumb would be every other year
1: okay. every other year and is there a way that i can go and determine whether i should have that done do i just have to hang my head into like the cold air return and take a look
3: we have and if I see a lot of fuzzy stuff, <laughs> call Brad. Yes. Uh, Don't eat anything you find down there, children. No, no, I'm not sure any of the, the duck openings in your house would fit your size head, Dan. But oh. we, could, uh, we could try. Brad, you are my new thank, best friend. Thank you. It took me a second to come up with that one. That was so pretty good, that though. Came that was very stung. Right. But uh, no, I mean, it's, it is very difficult. I think that um, if you are getting uh, quality checks every year from an HVAC company, which mm-hmm. many people are on a maintenance program, they should be uh, advising you. Uh, the cleansliness or lack thereof of your duct system okay. uh, that's the best way to tell you can pop a register off stick your hand down there as far as you can and just swipe and see if you have a lot of dust and stuff on <laughs> on your hand you could mm-hmm. do that yeah uh, but otherwise it's pretty hard to tell many people just do it based on hey i get it done this often or i'm sneezing a lot let's get it done right, right. Yeah, I had huge cold air returns in my old house, in the floor,
1: you know, the big grate. Yeah, I
2: have one huge one. It's like from the really old houses, the big square one. So every
1: few months, I would pull the grate off and then pull all the things the children would (laughs) throw down down there, there, suckers and soldiers and all kinds of little things. And
3: that's when I noticed, wow, I wonder what happened if this was clean. (laughs) But anyway. We find many things in yeah. people's duck work uh, Long lost treasures that they've been looking for for some time.
1: I can imagine. So, yeah. I can imagine. I pulled a sucker out once. I really did. That's why it sticks in my mind. Sticks. Sucker. Uh-huh. But I pulled it out and I had it sitting on the floor and I was gra- gra- grabbing all the other stuff. Yeah. And then I hear crunch, crunch, crunch. And I, look
2: <laughs> I was, and gonna, I was hoping little, that's not where was I forget which child going. it was, but yeah, Ooh, sucking it down, uh, lint and all. Gross.
1: Anyway, anyway, we're in the studio with Brad Krause, president, president. Of service mm-hmm. professor, yes. Talking about all things related to all things that you guys do. We've got questions from listeners, or at least fans of service professor. Hopefully right. now they will be listeners. Absolutely,
3: yeah. That'd That's what great. we're they, striving they're, for. They're all aware of that. This the show is taking place. So yeah, hopefully we can uh, get everybody the list alive. should be aware. Yes, it's that good.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: All
3: right, so we did the duct
1: cleaning one. Let's yes. talk about this one because. Well, it's an easy answer, but I think we can get into why it's important. And it's from Sally H. in Grand Rapids. No relation to Dan H. No. In the studio here. No. Is it really that important to change your furnace filters often? Now, I know that sounds kind of like a softball one. And yes, we know that's... I can already answer that. It's important. But Brad, why don't you yes. talk about why that's important and... All the things Sally needs to know.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So this is a very common question from a lot of our clients and just people um, in general. And the the misconception is, is that a filter is actually in the system to clean your air. It's really, it's not there to clean the air that you breathe. It's actually there to protect the equipment. So... For that reason, it is absolutely necessary to change it as often as it's recommended. So we'll talk about a few different options and the recommended uh, time that can go Mm -hmm. between changing here in a moment. But the fact is is that it's there to protect the equipment. And the longer you want your equipment to last, then you need to change those filters. And why is that? Because the... The hardest part of a HVAC system is lack of airflow. Like that's what diminishes its lifespan, uh, its ability to operate uh, fully functional, is having lack of airflow. Well, when a uh, air filter gets blocked because of debris, Mm -hmm. therefore less airflow is moving past and going through that furnace. All right. So everything has to work harder and it it creates what's called static pressure when the airflow is blocked off. So for that reason alone, you need to change the filters regularly just to, to, to protect your equipment so it lasts as long as it's intended to all right
2: okay now what does well, regularly look
3: like that's a very good question
1: betsy Shall we carry that over
2: yeah brad can you stay with us over the break so we can answer that question absolutely perfect we'll be back in the studio with brad Krause, president of service professor after a break
1: and St- all around repco Light home improvement show
3: fanboy right brad that's You're wearing me. the gear number one fan oh
2: exactly. good brought great. my
3: foam finger today
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right. we'll be back after a break stay tuned
1: Oh, I want a foam finger. The first finger.
0: Helping you turn your house into your dream home. This is the Repco Light Home Improvement Show presented by Benjamin Moore. Well, Betsy, we're back.
2: Yes, and I
0: am I, I don't really even remember what we were talking about.
1: Because we ended last segment with Brad Krauss from Service Professor. Brad, thanks for staying with us over the break. And more importantly, thank you for talking about the Repcolite Home Improvement Show foam finger that he's wearing.
2: I see those in the future of everyone yes. you can give them to.
1: Brad has a prototype. <laughs> a prototype. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Brad just was faking it. He really doesn't have one, but we should. And now my brain is spinning in a, oh, in a of hundred different directions. Uh huh. Anyway, I just think that's funny. Right. Repcolite swag, <laughs> foam fingers. Yeah, you talk about that. We're a lot. number one. Uh, anyway, we were talking with Brad about just a number of questions that he's received on the Service Professor Facebook page in anticipation mm-hmm. of this appearance on. The RepColite Home Improvement Show. Right. And he's got a number of questions. And we just went through the first one or the second one. And that was about how often or is it really important for me to change my furnace filters? And the answer was yes. Right. For so many reasons. And not always the reason that we think. Because sometimes we think it's about air quality in the home. I
2: think a lot of us think that.
1: And that's not what the furnace filters for. It's actually to preserve the equipment and protect it. Mm -hmm. Now, Brad, let's talk a little bit more about. Betsy had a question right at the end and I kind of interrupted her. Do you remember? Well, you might as well state it again. That would be good radio. You
2: were talking about how you need to change the filter regularly. What does regularly look like? Is that once a year, twice a year, four times a year?
1: Every other day.
3: Yeah. Well, (laughs) for very, yes, for protecting that equipment to its fullest, yeah, every other day. But the the standard half-inch filters, which most of us have, is Mm -hmm. recommended once a month. But again, it's a bit of a... It's, it's a, a suggested uh, okay. time frame because at the end of the day it d- it depends on what the uh, quality of your air is mm-hmm. hence the Michigan basements we spoke about earlier all sorts of factors are going to dirty that up okay so for example uh, you can increase the size and have better quality filters those are out there mm-hmm. uh, the mr16s which are going to be the, the the fatter filters are yeah. almost four or five inches thicker so and I have one of those in my home and um, those they state that you can go six to twenty 12 months without replacing those. I choose, and I believe because of uh, my allergy issues, mm-hmm. I, I changed about every two to three months. Okay. Uh, so, you know, it just depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Right. You can actually move it up because even though it's not intended to filter the air, it does help with that a mm-hmm. little bit, but there are absolute other measures that will assist in taking care of the quality of the air actually uh, that will supersede the filtration.
1: So this isn't a question from a listener or from a Facebook fan, but I guess I'm just curious. I've wondered before, my furnace in the house that I'm in now has a slot for one of those bigger air filters that you're talking about, the four or five inch, you know, can I put a littler one in there or is that, I I guess I never would, but sometimes there's
3: $40 or there's two dollars and forty cents. <laughs> correct, and that's that's a, that plays a factor, right? So, well, for somebody like me, yeah, Well, if the, <laughs> the if the yeah. uh, if the slot is is too large, yep. Okay, and you put a half inch filter in there. Obviously, more air is going to go around the filter, especially yep. after it becomes dirty, because now that air is going to block. It's like air hitting a wall; it wants to go around the wall. Yep. So y- you certainly should be putting in the correct filter for the cavity. That's that present. makes sense. Absolutely. I had an mm-hmm. issue where the filter. I think my.
1: Um, The condenser unit inside for my air conditioner in my furnace, Mm -hmm. the coils, froze up. And it was, in the end, troubleshooting the whole thing, it was my air filter was completely blocked. So it was back to what you were talking about. I wasn't getting the airflow, and that caused problems down the line. And at that particular time when I discovered what was going on, It was late at night. The only thing I had was one of those thinner ones, and I put that in temporarily. Temporarily. I'm sure changed it the next day. The very next day. Good. But I did wonder, hmm, am I going to hear this loud? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Now the furnace Uh
3: is shot and the air conditioner, too. And you're speaking of your your air conditioner co- uh, coil coil inside, yeah. Right? Yep. And that that's another byproduct of not having sufficient airflow. And other ones are, I mean, the the furnaces are made with a safety switch, so it recognizes when there's not enough airflow and will shut it down because then in the furnace or the heating mode, your heat exchanger can't cool down. There's the airflow helps assist the operation of that fully to the, to the extent that a normal consumer has no idea, and that's why they don't find the importance and changing those often. Hmm. I set a calendar reminder, or excuse me, a a phone reminder on my phone every month to check it. So even though I change it every two, three months, I go look at it because I know how important doing what I do in my business, Mm -hmm. I I make sure that, you know, that thing is is breathing free, if you will.
0: It's just
1: one of those things that sometimes seems like it's a manufactured maintenance step for us to do. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: But yeah, when you explain it the way you did, and I think we talked about that once before about even... Um, heating elements cracking because there's not a, the correct airflow, right? That's a possibility. Exactly right. You're and then you have to hot, condemn the unit, and <laughs> condemn is never.
3: A positive no. word, and that's that's something that we have uh, legality against, and we have to because that means carbon monoxide mm-hmm. um, will leave you know in your home. Now, I want to correct myself for all the listeners, especially all of my technicians, my HVAC technicians specifically that are probably listening, because <laughs> uh, I'm an electrician by craft, as you know, Dan. Okay? Yeah, so right. I, I try real hard in the HVAC world. It's a MERV sixteen, and I think I said MR, and my brain's been racking ever since I stated that. So oh, MERV sixteen. That's film. right. MERV. I don't need MR sixteen. Sounds at the next like some kind meeting. of. Yeah.
2: Seems sounds like. It's some like some secret like, agent, yeah, something yeah. <laughs> it like a gun. It's uh, yeah.
3: no, Merv sixteen, Merv right. sixteen. My fault. Awesome.
2: Hey, Brad. I do have one quick question. As yes. long as you're talking about furnaces, my grandma got a new furnace, and I had just put in yes. for her yeah. old furnace a a programmable thermostat because yep. she traditionally had the old dial kind, you know, mm-hmm. the big knob. It's like on cracking the wall. a safe, those ones. <laughs> yes. So I had just put in this. You know, new one probably a year before she got this new furnace, and the furnace guy came and said, oh, I have to put in a brand new thermostat to go with your new furnace. Sure. Is that really a thing? I mean, why do you have to get it? Since the other one was brand new, why did she have to get a new one?
3: Yeah, so uh, sometimes the thermostat is specific to the equipment, so you absolutely do have to to get the central air and the furnace uh, to communicate or... Mm -hmm. Depending on the amount of wires, the, the number of pairs of wires that the thermostat wire has in it, you have to have a certain thermostat. So there is okay. partially that. But no doubt also, oftentimes, we we make our customers aware of the new technologies that are available and, and just the convenience of being able to control your thermostat on your phone and different things of that nature. Um, She's and,
2: 84. She doesn't have a smartphone.
3: <laughs> well, okay. So we can start there. So that, But now, so if she still wanted to program the thermostat mm-hmm. or he programmed it for her. Yeah. Still going to save her energy and different things of that nature, even though she's not controlling it off a mobile device. Yeah. But you know what? You know, being the great granddaughter that you are, it Uh could be on your device and you could control it for her. I
2: wondered about that. Absolutely. Because she doesn't like to run that air conditioner, so I could just pop it on and be like, guess what? Yeah,
3: there you go. (laughs) We're going to have Brad
1: back to talk about smart thermostats because- I've been wondering about those a lot. Mm-hmm. But we've got time for one more of these questions, Betsy. Five or six. Which one do you think?
2: I'm thinking I really, well, five or six or number four. The number four one was okay. really good. Go for it. Okay. So this one is from Stephen P. in Grand Rapids. And he says, do home inspectors do a full sewer evaluation before a home sale? That's a good one because they inspect everything else.
3: That is a good one. Um, and the answer to that is No. Uh, to to my knowledge, I do not believe they do, because it takes quite uh, uh, an extensive uh, tool collection to do those correctly, if you will, and, and it's rather expensive. So the the cameras and stuff to mm-hmm. actually scope a uh, sewer is rather expensive. So I don't believe that they do. They do a general uh, synopsis of the home, and they do a great job at it. And okay. most of these guys are former builders. They usually have their builder's license, typically, mm-hmm. from my experience. Mm-hmm. So... You know They know enough to, to look at the electrical and know uh, some of the dangers, if you will, and what to look out for, to give some some loose advice. And the same mm. thing with heating and cooling and plumbing and drywall and shingles and all this stuff right. around the home. Um, so they're kind of a, a jack of all trades, and that's not to diminish their abilities because they're extremely smart people. Mm. Um, but they're usually a master of the construction side of things, typically. So no, that that does not happen. And and uh, the nice thing though in the real estate market is a seller does have to disclose sewer problems legally. So if they know they've had issues with the sewer because it's such an expensive repair typically, right. they have to disclose that in the seller's agreement. So at least if as a buyer you would be aware right. of something, it should it should be noted, and then you could actually have your own inspection done by a, a company like ours or another company that does sewer evaluations
2: what do sewer evaluations run if someone is looking at a house and it's kind of shaky maybe <laughs> maybe it will have to be redone how yeah. much does something like that cost
3: so we actually have uh, we have a special that we call our 99 anytime special in our sewer department so we will actually clear an opening if it truly is clogged which mm-hmm. in this case it may not be clogged but there's concerns right so at that point we would just send our, our camera specialist out with the camera puts the camera down there and uh, you get to look at the monitor and watch it with them. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, and let me it. tell you, you're going to want to pop some popcorn because <laughs> it it's going to be a show. good time. <laughs> That's right.
2: Yeah. Well, I think ninety nine dollars is a pretty, you know, good investment if you and you get to it. watch
1: the show. <laughs> <You> I mean, <laughs> really, the show. Have you ever done that? No. Don't mock it till you've done it. I've done it. I, I remember us having that. Segment. It is yeah. really interesting.
2: Do your technicians bring popcorn for this?
3: Uh, nobody wants to eat anything. Uh, I'm after pretty that. sure they don't, they don't eat uh, uh, immediately after.
1: So. Oh, We've wow. got more questions, but we don't have more time. So, Brad, if our listeners want to get in touch with you, if they have any issues, and like we said at the beginning, you guys do electrical, Correct. heating and cooling, HVAC stuff. You do plumbing. Correct. You do duct cleaning.
3: Correct. What am I missing? Seems like there's a uh, one sewer. more. Sewer. Uh, we do duct sealing through inner Seal, which is a really cool product. That's actually the ultimate way to take care of your air quality issues is by sealing your duct work. Um, and then actually we are getting ready to launch solar as well. So we're pretty excited about yeah. that. That'll be a Q1 of 2020 uh, Endeavor for us. Um, it's it's really got a place in the market. We're really excited about it.
1: Well, that is cool. Our Q1 Endeavor are foam fingers <laughs> i'm getting working on that right now you work on your whatevers and we'll, we'll compare later thanks brad we'll now i'm gonna hear about
2: foam fingers for the yeah. next three weeks anything
3: i can do to help so how do our <laughs> listeners get in touch with you guys uh several ways of course the old traditional you can pick up a phone 616-871-1900 if we can help you with absolutely anything and then of course online serviceprofessor.com you can chat with us through our website very simple you can text us through our website there's so many things that you can do to contact service professor we're here here to help excellent brad kraus president of service professor
1: and number one RepColite home improvement <laughs> show fan thanks for being here you got it my pleasure thank you again
2: now don't go too far because after a short break we're going to talk about the history of masking tape that's after a quick break stay tuned
0: if you want to take your diy skills up a rung the Repco like Home Improvement Show is here to give you a boost on News Radio Wood 1300 and 1069 FM. Well, Betsy, let's talk history stuff.
2: Yay!
1: Because this is really fun.
2: It it's is. Stretching, it's intriguing.
1: Yeah, it's stretching <laughs> the home improvement theme somewhat. But yeah. sometimes we use all kinds of pro. in fact, most times we mm-hmm. use all kinds of products with no thought as to how they came about. And right, right now we want to talk about masking tape yeah and you would guess that this has got really nothing exciting or fun or whatever about it,
2: yeah, you, you think would it's kind of boring, wrong, yeah I know I hope yeah. we'll find out <laughs> well, you would be wrong because this is' an, a very intriguing story, anyway, masking tape, yes, the inventor mm-hmm.
1: Richard drew, yeah, uh, we'll give you the basic details here. He was born in St. Paul, Minnesota in eighteen ninety nine yes, so imagine that mm-hmm. twenty two years old. Yes, That's how old he is when he uh-huh. applies. And here's your first little bit of trivia. Okay, He applies for a position at the Minnesota Mining and Manufacturing Company. Does yes. that mean anything to anybody? Probably not.
2: No, it's only if you really look at it and look at the first letter of those first three words, Minnesota, Mining, Manufacturing. Right. They made sandpaper. And they were 3M. That's the initial, <laughs> original name
1: for 3M. Right. So anyway, they're looking for a lab tech. Mm-hmm. So Richard Drew applies. And I think it's great because in his intro letter, we've all got to write those. Yeah. My daughter's working on one right now for a position she wants right. to apply for. Mm-hmm. And his cover letter mentioned that he, A, played the banjo.
2: Very important. nothing to do with sandpaper. B, he had spent a year
1: uh-huh. A whole year as a mechanical engineering student,
2: also which is not impressive. not so much.
1: And he could drive a tractor. Okay. All of that goes into his cover letter, and they How snatched him have up.
2: anything to do with sandpaper? <laughs> I
1: don't know, but they snatched him up in a heartbeat. So anyway, in yeah. the beginning, his original job was to go around... And deliver sandpaper to the auto shops.
2: Mm-hmm. Because in yeah. the
1: 20s, a really big deal was all of a sudden two-tone cars.
2: Yeah, I wish they still did that. I mean, now we're down to one color and it's a little bit boring. Yeah, so
1: they had these two-tone colors. We know, you know, we've seen pictures. Yeah, All right. of that. The, the amazing color combinations, just mm-hmm. how fun it was. It was not fun for the painters.
2: Well, no. Think about it. Now you're painting something and you're trying to do two colors and you have to mask off the half that you don't want to be the color that you're about to put on and then right. flip it later. And yeah. yeah, that is a royal paint.
1: They had to mask it off and get these sharp lines. And the problem was nobody really knew how to do that very well. So they were using like newspaper with different glues on it. So they'd actually right. glue the paper to parts of the car.
2: It seems or problematic. butcher paper.
1: <laughs> Or they'd use medical adhesive, you know, that tape and stuff. And really what it boiled down to is none of it worked really well. It was a sticky mess to remove. Sometimes, most times, it would damage the paint job. Yeah,
2: it's pulling your brand new
1: paint job off. Yeah, we've all been there. Yep. We've been there now with (laughs) advanced technology. Imagine what it was like in the beginning. Right. So anyway, back Uh to this guy, Richard Drew. He's at an auto shop Mm -hmm. and he's delivering some new Waterproof sandpaper that 3M wants to test in this shop, Uh and as he's there, he hears what, according to his own words, where he hears the choicest profanity he's ever known.
2: We're gonna guess at what that may have been. (laughs) Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was
1: "shucks," (laughs) and said really loud. Uh But anyway, he hears this terrible profanity, and it turns out he's there right as a painter completely destroys a paint job on a car, removing the. Uh, masking paper mm-hmm. that he was using. Right. So Richard Drew, yeah, at that point, steps in and you can, you know, cue the music, the spotlight comes down and he <laughs> says, sir, I will fix <laughs> your problem. I'm of on course it. he does. And the guy says, who are you? And then right. he probably uses other profanities. Well, of course. But Richard Drew leaves with the plan to come up with a solution for this, which is really crazy because what he had no real experience no, that would he's make a us,
2: mechanical engineer. He knows how to play the bandro and drive a tractor. How does that help you make it invasive right? for Apparently, cars?
1: He's gonna put all of those skills together uh-huh. and get there. The it's thing a that he had, Betsy, was optimism. Well that the is the optimism true. of youth. I remember yeah. when I used to have that. Right. It's replaced by the pessimism <laughs> of age.
2: Yeah, well, it happens to the best of us. Anyway,
1: so he leaves all excited. Yeah. And with a with a plan. Yeah. And he goes to work, and it takes about a couple of years mm-hmm. to try to develop something. He starts right. with the adhesive that was used in the sandpaper.
2: Well, so, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, he
1: starts with that mm-hmm. and starts testing all kinds of different things. There's all kinds of different components that he tries. Right, and in the end, he settles on something. But what I want you to think about is just the the, the mountain. That he was climbing. We think of it as masking tape. Right. But think about the obstacles he had to overcome.
2: Well, yeah, it's got to be strong enough to hold on there so mm-hmm. it doesn't just fall off. It has to be easy to remove, which is the biggest problem for well, these painters right, there, right now.
1: Well, right there got
2: opposite angles exactly. there. Well, and you don't want it to stick to itself on the roll where you can't peel it off and suddenly you just have a mess on the roll.
1: Right. So he's got all of those things to work through. With no real experience except the tractor and the banjo thing. Right. (laughs) In the end, he goes to work and, of course, he finds something. But what's interesting, Mm -hmm. uh, another interesting part of this whole thing, is that along the way, a company exec named William McKnight. Mm -hmm. William McKnight. That's fun to say. (laughs) Anyway, he finds Drew working on this, Richard Drew working on this, and Mm -hmm. tells him, stop. Go back to your regular job. Right. Stop wasting time on mm-hmm. your own little project here. Right. Well, Drew You're wasting does, company yeah, time. Drew doesn't listen to him. Good you thing. Know, he, he, kinda, he, he does a little bit, but then he goes right, right back to it. And right. just basically kind of around this guy's back mm-hmm. develops masking tape and comes up with a formula using uh, cabinet glue, mm-hmm. crepe paper, and glycerin. Yeah. And what's really kind of fun is that he creates the first prototype Mm -hmm. of his tape or the one that he wants to get tested. Right. And here's one more last little bit of trivia here. He brings it to the auto shop Mm -hmm. and it's got adhesive on just the edges. It's not like the tape that we know today that's fully adhesive, just the strips on the edges. Okay. And he gives it to the painter, probably probably the
2: same profanity slinging yeah.
1: painter. And the guy uses it, it falls off the car and he throws it back at Drew and tells him to take it back to his stingy Scotch bosses and develop something that actually will stick.
2: Scotch bosses, Scotch. Yeah. Well, tape. the Scotch, the whole idea, it's a
1: stereotype that right. they were stingy. Right. We are not endorsing. No. Said stereotype. No, we're of simply not. reporting. Right. on how things were. Yeah. But anyway, they, 3M took that, Drew took that and said, "You know what? That'll work." And so they developed that as a brand, mm-hmm. fixed The adhesive issue. Right. And the rest is history. And and not long after that, they developed Transparent. Transparent tape.
2: That came out right during the depression and all of a sudden people are using it to fix their clothing because they have to make things last longer. Yes, it was put used it for on for everything. Eggs. It was
1: used to fix cracked eggs. Yeah. They used it for everything because uh-huh. it was cheaper. And
2: now it's a common household item. Right.
1: And look at all the different tape that that we have right now. For right. every situation there's a, yeah. a specialty tape. There well, is. Well, not every, but there's a lot of specialty tape yeah. and they're still giving you razor sharp lines. Yeah. All of that thanks to a man named Richard Drew Banjo player from Minnesota. Right. And that's all the time we've got, Betsy. That's it. It is. If you want to hear this one again, you can hear it online at repcolite.com And when you're there, sign up for our email newsletter. It's right on the homepage. You'll get uh, one newsletter a month this month is a $5 savings on any purchase, so you can pick up a roll of tape basically for free.
2: Right, and remember, if you have any questions at all, you can stop out at any RepcoLead or Port City Paints. We'll help you work through your fall paint projects and we'll help you get the right tape on the way. I'm Dan Hanson. And I'm Betsy Thompson. Remember, if you're about to lose your DIY sanity, we can help you fix that crazy.
1: And we'll help you make sure that the next time your kids drop the eggs that the shipped shopper just brought, Uh you've got the right tape on hand to get them fixed again.
2: (laughs) Right, because that'll save the day that'll save the day and the money right and so thanks for listening